Live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. A great caller interaction and participation today. Thanks, everybody. Uh, it was a fun conversation. We got, we got a lot of Bears talk uh, in the months, the weeks and the months to come, obviously, about how they're going to reposition themselves and fix this. And they're, they could control the offseason. They could end up with the top pick. They have the most money. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, we'll talk more about fields and what the Bears should do this week as the week goes on. But thanks for listening, calling and participating today. Thanks to Black and Abdallah and uh, to Adam Abdallah, who's uh, back for one day in the new year and is about to be off for a couple more weeks. He will be on with Chris tonight when uh, Waddle and Sylvia are over. But uh, when the water breaks. Whitney is uh, off to the hospital later tonight. Uh, his lovely bride, and I think uh, the plan by tomorrow, Adam was saying, they will be inducing labor if it doesn't happen tonight. So, Adam, God bless. Good luck. Good luck. And uh, the ride begins, my friend. Get low. Watch, yes. that, uh, watch that child come into this world. <laughs> get low. Just Don't get low. Get set on the balance. Watch out for the other stuff coming out. Yeah, so. exactly. Have solid hands, okay? Don't drop anything. Be no, careful. We'll all right? Good hands. Good tomorrow luck. Is we'll a, see you in a couple weeks. Tomorrow you. is the next day of the rest of your life, my That's friend. That's absolutely right. And use right. the dad joke. This will be your first opportunity for a dad joke. When the doctor says... <laughs> Hey, Adam, would you like to cut the cord? You look at him and go, what am I paying you for? Good dad joke. Yeah. yeah. That you get to start your dad jokes tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Adam, good luck, buddy. Yes, and absolutely. so it's time for Waddle and Sylvie. Meller's in for Sylvie this week, who's off on vacation for the rest of the week. Hello, gentlemen. Nice to see you. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Happy New Year, guys. Merry, Merry New Year. What's going on? We had a lot of a lot of a lot of bear stuff. I, of I thought you know what? I thought it was the first time Miller and I were talking upstairs. At least in the second half, it's the first time I felt all year that they let go of the rope. Yeah, like they, the effort was questionable. Felt and their like desire, they were waving the white yeah, flag a little, a little bit, bit. Right? Yeah. because the fact that they're not very talented is evidence. Was it the third and eighteen? Right, oh, that could have been it. That might have been it. That could have been it. It just looked like an uninspired. Effort for the first time. Like yes. I mean, to yeah. their credit, they may not have a lot of talent, but they've played hard, in my opinion. And yeah. that the, I think that that was lacking. Yesterday. And I think there's moments too where re- it was reinforced with Justin Fields. Okay, sure, the rushing totals that he's putting up have been very exciting and fun to watch for the fan base. But at the same time, it's, they got a long way to go. And the oh, truth yeah. is that as a passer, and I know the talent's not there for him to work with, but there were moments, too, where Dante Pettis, I thought, was open, and I thought they were going to take a deep shot. Matt Eberflus mm-hmm. even talked about it in the post game on Sunday. Where, well, there was one specific one. Yes, sure. yes, right? I mean, like, where yeah. let it go. Let it fly, right? Let and, it fly. And when people keep saying, hey, things you can learn things from the end of the year as a player, I'd like for those opportunities to be taken a little bit more, and that was a little bit discouraging for me as a, as a Bears I fan. I mean, now, there is no doubt. I watched the All-22 today. It was a jailbreak. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was a jailbreak in most situations, but you're right. I mean, there are moments. Listen, those are growth. I thought that the growing and the learning ended at about the end of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Time and, to get him out. Yeah, and, and like I've been an advocate of him playing because I think these snaps are invaluable. But once you prove you can't protect him, what are you? What are you learning? Well, and the game went so sideways. Yeah. Like they, they really did kind of appear to just wave the white flag. And yes. at that point, I, I think only bad things could have happened. Yeah. So I mean, if they decided at that point that the, the they had seen enough and they couldn't protect their quarterback, and they decided to go to Peterman, and it was Peterman time heading into the fourth quarter, I would have totally understood. 
Because, like I said, I came into that game thinking, okay, this is a bad defense. The worst defense in the league, right? Yep, Statistically, it's bad. It's bad. we can learn some things here. This will be good experience. And next thing you know, it was just... They looked like a dominant defense. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was awful. Rebounds can be painful in the early uh, stages, and it's painful right now because they're a bad football The other thing I would say going forward is is you're going to see more of this from opposing defenses as time goes on, is that they're they're going to scheme different. And Justin, because he's such a phenomenal athlete, still will have moments where he will beat you because his athleticism is better than their athleticism. But they're going to play him different. Johnny knows this better than I do because I never played a lick of defense in my life going back to junior high, is that... the. I think the plan is simple. If you can catch him and you do catch him, you hit him. And you hit him repeatedly and you try to take... I'm not saying they're trying to hurt him, but you're trying to take the steam out of him. They're trying to make him feel it, Exactly. So that he is less effective when he is going to tuck and run and use that tremendous athletic ability. And I thought the Lions did a fabulous job yesterday of scheming for him. There was a couple of big plays, but they schemed well for him. And boy, they put it on him. They put some leather on him. They did. I would say, and that's why I've been saying all year, I think this is probably the highest rushing total in terms of yards and attempts you will ever see from Justin Fields if things are going correctly as an offense, right? right? Hopefully. They've been tapping into what he does well, but the reality is, to Waddle's point, it's not really sustainable. You brought up upstairs Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah, he's, I don't know how many times played he's played a full 15 season. Games. Now, yeah. the last, his MVP year, he was able to sit, I believe, the final week because they had already wrapped up right. the uh, bye. Yeah. But the reality is, the last couple of years, Lamar Jackson continues to get banged up. And if he's the one comp yeah. who you keep saying, okay, Justin Fields, could we build an offense like Baltimore has around him? Is that Just, what you, no, I mean, it's listen, hard to do. We see it every it's, year. We've seen it the last few years with Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler Murray is a much smaller, yeah. less imposing physical specimen. But his play at the end of the seasons over the last couple of years has diminished because just the pounding he takes from doing all that the... They, you guys have been saying it for weeks. For, for weeks. Months. That, for months. It's not sustainable. It, not only is it not sustainable, but... But the passing game is going to have to improve. Got to. And, and it can improve. And it will improve when you get better talent. And, and he develops as well. But you guys have been on this yeah. the whole time. It's, it's like, you're, you know, as exciting as it can be at times, you're not going to get to the top of the mountain being one-dimensional. you got to yeah. be much, much more explosive in the passing game when they get better talent. And I believe in him. And, and he is exciting, obviously. And I believe him. But you know what's going to make me really excited? Like, towel-off excited? When Justin Fields throws for 5,000 yards. Yeah. That's how you win in the NFL. Yeah. Not a quarterback that rushes for 1,000 yards. A quarterback that throws for 5,000 yards and 35 touchdowns. That's how you win. This is not winning anything no. in the NFL. I, they're a bad, abysmal football team. I don't expect them to win right now. But this is you have a 0% chance yeah. of winning anything in the NFL if you think this is all your quarterback can be. There, well you said. have no chance. And that's not what he would – listen – I know Albert Breer brought it up. Not, today. not who he was in college. Exactly. This isn't who he exactly. was in college. He, he no. didn't bring it up today, but uh, a couple weeks ago, Albert Breer was on with uh, Cap and Hoodie, as he is every Tuesday at 8.30. And he mentioned, he, you know, when he talks about Justin Fields with them, he thinks of, he goes back more so because he watches every, as an, an, an alum, he watches every Ohio State game closely, and he has a certain vision of, of, in his mind of what Justin Fields is as a passer, mm-hmm. right? And when the Bears drafted Justin Fields, I don't believe they drafted this guy. They didn't. Yeah, no. I don't think anybody knew he was like we knew he was a great athlete, but he never was. He never showed it in college because he never had to. Right. And so the Bears drafted a guy who they believed had some athletic ability, but also 
as a the arm talent, what he had, I think that's what they wanted to tap into. This year has been something different that I didn't know he was capable of, but it's a nice find. I think you need to, though, get back to, he. okay, yeah. we're developing a passer here to be su- successful in this league. I think what you've gotten is quarterback. The, the, you, you've done what was necessary. Yeah, because they can't win, especially without Mooney. No. they got nobody that can no. win. Nobody. Nobody. And their line stinks, and yes. and they're beat half to hell. Yeah, like th- th- this Number is like 60 an avalanche was forced of to play, and he spent like dude, he spent the second half in Justin's lap. Yurko made a good point about Braxton Jones. He's probably as a rookie at a point where he's just like Gaffed. he's hit the wall. He's he's got nothing left. He was so, awful yeah. on Sunday. So you combine all these things, right? Like rookie on the left side, that's you know probably gassed. You, you got bad players anyway that are starting or backups that are starting, I should say. And then they get out. Now you're into third string. No Mooney. You uh, a banged up Claypool that's totally ineffective. You have nobody that can win. I, so it's a it's a Listen, nightmare Cole scenario. Listen, a nice player. He's a system guy. He's an inline wide tight end. If you're asking him to do what Hawkinson does for the Vikings or Kittle does from San Francisco, then you're mis you're misusing him, and you're going to be it's disappointed. Which is, well, yeah, yes, yeah, which right. is what the Bears did last year with Nagy. Yeah. You try to make him, you know, a separate from the line of scrimmage type of tight end, and it's not, not what he's good work. at. Yeah, I mean, he has value playing the wide tight end, inline tight end spot. You split him out and ask him to do some of the stuff like the Vikings ask and right. the, 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 some of the other teams, the Raiders with Waller and some of the yeah. other guys, and it's just not what he's equipped yeah. for. I was hoping last night's football game would wash the bad taste of the Bears game out yeah, of there. Yeah. I, and it looked like it was going to, but then, unfortunately. I, yeah. Yeah. I would, listen, I was in on Friday, and I told Tyler as we were in for Waddle and Sylvie on Friday, I was, that was the most anticipated. I knew the playoffs were happening on Saturday, but I was most looking forward to last night's game between the Chiefs and the Bengals because so much was at stake, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you had Joe Burrow, you have Josh Allen, and you've got two of the AFC's best. Buffalo came into this game uh, in, in the week as the number one overall seed. If they, yes. w- if they had won out, if they went out, now we'll see what it happens. Through Buffalo at that point, they, they have the buy and home field advantage in the AFC because they have beat the Chiefs. That's enormous. Where you know, if if you have to go through Buffalo to get to the Super Bowl, like that ain't easy. Even though Kansas City beat Buffalo That's in true. Buffalo last that year, that is true. Yeah, but we know but it because ain't easy. partially it was because Josh Allen never got a crack at it in overtime. Was right? That game in Buffalo, they were at Buffalo. Yeah. I thought, were they? Why did, why wait, did I wait, feel wait. like that was I at Arrowhead? I believe they were. Why do I want to believe it was Buffalo? I don't know. I think I would double check that. I feel like that was at Arrowhead. Why don't you guys check that out for me, man? <laughs> double check. We'll check that out. But you're right. Okay, so then we're watching something unfold with DeMar Hamlin that we've never really seen before. Right. right? At I mean, least in football. Right, we didn't see it in the NFL football. We saw another version of football. Now, soccer. Now, immediately, yeah, yeah my th- first thought was Christian Erickson in the 2020 Euros who had a cardiac arrest issue as well where he collapses now differently in that game right 90 minutes later they, they come back, they come the back and they play it out also he's got his his wits about him though as they're taking him off the field uh, christian erickson, he could, yeah, erickson. Christian erickson oh, he did. That's, that's an interesting he could acknowledge the crowd oh he yeah. did i didn't know that because yeah. like i wonder if that was, was, yeah, was, was unconscious yes. if it's why last night they just had no chance of finishing that game because no, of the condition no, he left I, the field in well, like i mean listen i i Look, it's one thing, and I heard you guys talking about it earlier today. It's one thing to see one of your teammates or the opposing team's guy go off on a, on a cart with a knee that you know needs to be surgically repaired. Or even sometimes when you get a guy, then precaution, they put you on the board and, you know, they strap you down and, and you do get a thumbs yeah. up to, so that everyone. When you are on the field, and I'm guessing, because I heard Johnny say he's never been in that. I've never been in that situation yeah. at any level. Where they're 50, doing CPR? Yes. Yeah, so when a guy has to be resuscitated, 
I don't know how you get back into the game know. playing mode and, and are, are comfortable with continuing. So I, I, I didn't ever think that yeah. that game was going to be restarted. How they go about addressing that? Not last that. night. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Well, I thought they would try to play it tomorrow, though. I'm. Oh, I, well, how, but how is the league going to do this? I see, I and I was know. discussing it. I think there's a pretty strong chance. I think they may just Bag give it? both teams a tie because the disruption. Now, I heard Yerko. Yeah. You know, when I was driving, and I heard Yerko talk about you still got the buffer with the Super Bowl bye week or the right. bye week in between the Super Bowl and the conference championships. You could theoretically push everything back. Right. However, that's go. I do. You could, but does the league really want to push back the start of the NFL playoffs a week? I, I, I know it's hard to but giving Kansas City home field advantage also is not position A either. In, an, in the interest of fairness, does that even matter Do, at this point? I don't know. Does, I mean, does the tie affect Bengals? And, uh, it does. No, you're right. Baltimore, it, it right? Will, yes. If the Chiefs, right now the Chiefs are 13-3. and three, Buffalo's 12-3. and three. If you give both teams a tie and just move forward in terms of the standings, yes, it's going to give the Chiefs, if they win on Saturday against the Raiders, yeah. home field advantage in the AFC. And a bye. But can you squeeze in a Bills-Bengals game with what just happened on Monday Night Football I don't, in, in what listen, would be I, a playoff weekend, the, the wild card weekend? Yeah, that I, I don't see how you could do that. Did they bring it together and get the, the uh, 32 teams and they've got to vote on it in 26? Dad, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. I think the Players Association will have input into this. I think the players, you know. Of not playing it? Well, I think that they'll be consulted for sure in terms of, I, I mean, certainly the I think the the Bengals and the Bills players will. I, I mean, think. again, like, we're, look, we're conditioned to you know, you you almost have this air or you think there's some sense of invincibility when you play this game because you know that injuries are part of it. But you are accepting of the fact that you may twist an ankle, you may tear a hamstring, you may have an uh, you know an ACL, concussion. you may even get a concussion. But in, in your wildest dreams, no. does it ever go through your no. mind that this no. snap may be your last snap? In a lot of ways, you can't have that thought. You have to compartmentalize that and push that to the deepest part of your your you know your psyche because otherwise you couldn't go out there and play like there's a i think this is just my opinion i think there's a certain amount of understanding that you may get hurt Mm -hmm. but that's limit there's a line that is drawn in your own mind that what happened last night to damar hamlin is not something that's going to happen to you of course i think npr on the field is not you're not conditioned to that no and we've all you know we're all older so we've seen some things play out in our lives but the truth is We've never seen this happen in the, in the NFL, right? Um, I know Chuck Hughes uh, playing the Bears actually died on the field back in 1971, I believe it was. Yeah. But the reality is there's no footage of that, you know, no, and that's right. prior to most m- any players playing right now. The worst thing we've seen, I think Tommy may have seen, is they, bring, they take a player off on the backboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No yeah. Doubt. Well, yeah. like the, the Mike Gottlieb Mike Mike right. thing. For the yeah. they, they, they put the... You know, stabilizer on the neck, and then everybody's yeah. very cautious as they bring him on the gurney and get him into thing. And then, yeah. So that's the worst thing. That Mike Gutley yeah. and, and, and Dennis Bird. I remember Dennis, Dennis Bird for the yeah. Jets. Tim too. Lewis was another guy, yeah. a cornerback for the uh, uh, Green Bay Packers, yeah. that had a scare. Ended his career. He didn't want to play again. Yeah. yeah. And became a coach. And to never, you know, certainly not minimizing that, but I can even draw the difference. And that is, I mean, it's all horrendous between that. And watching them have to administer CPR cool. to a player is just, I, I don't but know. the Shazier injury was scary yes. a couple of years yeah. ago. Because yeah. he kind of had a the you Johnny know, like Knox a, injury. Was oh, really oh man, that that's was another awful. one, York. That was awful. The yeah. Johnny Knox injury was bad. 
But even those, I heard okay. you talking also about the one of the kid that was the running back at the Pro Bowl. Yeah, Robert. Yeah, Robert. Like, Robert he could have bled out. Yeah. yeah, on the beach. Like, well, you really appreciate uh, medical personnel like oh, that. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. You know, when they're like, prepared for those situations, and like they saved that man's well, life. Well, who's the other yeah. guy? The tight end like, that was with just... the Bears in New Orleans. Oh yeah, Zach Miller. Zach, yeah. Miller. Zach yeah. Miller. Like yeah. doctor saved his leg. Right. Yes. You know, like it's incredible. Have we had an, a, a firm and, and detailed explanation for exactly? I know, you know, he suffered cardiac arrest on the field, but what was, I mean, I know there's been speculation that, you know, if you get hit. In between beats, that's what I yes. read one cardiologist say, as weird as it's, like, and it's such it's a random. Rare. It's, it's very like, rare. Yeah. Like, if you get contacted in between Commotial beats. cortis. Yes. Is that that's, what it's called? I think that's yeah. what it was referred know, to as. Quarters. Quarters. But it, it's like it's it happens with baseball. It happened, yes. Chris Pronger, I think, had it happen to him on yeah. the ice. Correct. He got hit with a pop. Slap shot, yeah. Eesh. Right in the chest, yeah. Yeah, and they say it's a little bit, especially with younger athletes. Yes. Uh, it could be more frequent uh, with baseball, lacrosse. They, sig- they singled out baseball and lacrosse. Um, in the story I was reading about it. Yeah, but no, and, and I do know a lot of, I was telling Waddle, uh, my son doesn't play uh, like competitive baseball, but I know a lot of his friends in the neighborhood do. They do have actual equipment for a lot of, you know, younger players who actually wear something protect them over the over the heart, essentially, because, yeah. like you said, Carm, that it does happen, especially at the lower levels That's too, where where wild. kids are starting to. There's this vast difference, right, between some kids who have hit puberty already, who are like maybe 13, 14 years old, mm-hmm. who can throw 70, 80 yeah. miles an hour, but they're playing against younger kids who happen right. to be the same age but haven't developed physically enough, and so yeah, you hit, get hit in the mm-hmm. chest in the wrong way, and it can be fatal. Wild. It was and, and a scary I, yeah, scene. I mean, it's. But you're right, Carm. I mean, thank God that you oh. had as many uh, medical professionals there as possible. Did uh, they have to defibr- uh, you know, use I the defibrillator so. on him oh, as well? I thought they did. Yeah, I thought they did, they too. They said CPR and the defibrillator, right? I think that if you have the condition that Yerk was talking about, the only way you get your heart started again, I think, is Oof. with using the defibrillator. It's, I think I read some... It's you crazy, just you pray right? for him and I, hopefully yeah. that he's you know that he's able to to recover from this. And the legal have to sort it out. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's and not easy. I don't know. The uh, truth is, there's no fairness to this, right? Like, really I, think, I think the Bengals and Bills. It, it's an unfortunate event that yeah. we saw play out on national television. It was horrible, and you hope for the best. And you know what sucks though, and is learning more about Demar Hamlin and how he seemed to be a really good Quality guy. I, I, I read yeah. a profile about him done by uh, Tyler Dunn which uh, I would encourage people out there to go check out. He was a guy, though, who's dealt with a lot of adversity in his own personal life, just getting to where he's at. Um, His father was uh, incarcerated for 10 years for trafficking drugs for uh, to distribute. Um, only had to st- only had to serve three and a half, but obviously it came at a critical moment in DeMar yeah. Hamlin's life. His mother did an excellent job. She started a cleaning business where DeMar Hamlin basically, in order to pay for private school so that she could get him out of a difficult public public school environment, she paid for private school. So in order to do so, though, she had to work multiple jobs. She started a cleaning business. So basically DeMar Hamlin would go to his private school. He would practice for football, and then as soon as practice would over, he would go would end. He would go with his mother to work mm. in the cleaning business, basically some nights till midnight, just so that she could pay for a private school education for him, so that he wasn't exposed to as much of this gang life that he was dealing with Crazy. where he grew up. And so to see him make it where he did, it's just it's just terrible. Yeah. So I'm hoping for the best well, for him. Well, he had actually risen to the point on that roster because they'd have some yeah, safety issues. He was their, he was their leading yeah. tackler, yeah. I think. Mike he started Mike most Hyde. of the year because yeah. Poyer and Hyde have been in and out of the lineup yeah. a lot. Yeah. So he's ended up starting most yeah. of the year for them. 
Uh, I think it was a six. He was a late six, pick. Six round, six round pick last year. Pit. Yeah, yeah, last year. So just unbelievable. Yeah. You just never think you're going to see it. You, know? um, you guys going to? We didn't even really get into the Donovan Bulls? Mitchell. I mean, it was uh, some kind of a, a performance in a game last night. What is? Was it the the the? It's the closest to what Kobe did. It's the first seventy point game right. since Kobe's, which was two thousand well, six. six right? Booker six. had seventy. It's the first. Uh, he's the first player to go over seventy since Kobe in 06. Booker he, had seventy, I think, in twenty seventeen. He had eleven assists too. Yeah. <laughs> you he would think some if game, you're going to score seventy one, that the assist level would or the number would be down. And like points. in overtime, he was just heat yeah. checking too. He was just like coming down, hit threes. Like twenty okay. to twenty five from the line, seven to fifteen from three yeah. pointers. It was wild. He's a talented kid, and if Patrick Williams just boxes him out, the Bulls yeah. win. I mean, he, he it was Billy a, Donovan is was an illegal play, line, right? Yeah. I mean, like he, what he did was, I mean, was yeah, no lane violation. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, like so by the letter yeah. of the law, it was a broken rule, but you still can't allow someone to score seventy one. Yeah, right. and I do feel like how often that that call kind of. It's one of those well, that doesn't always get in calls. that situation. The referee should be looking yes. for exactly totally. that. That's call. fair. That's fair. Yes. I mean, that's the call you know that's going to be violated. Yeah. Yes. Okay, if there's a chance for anything to be a violation, that's, right. that's the one. They called two ticky-tack ones on Caruso, yeah. too, yeah. earlier in the game. They called lane violations. They were sort of ticky-tacky, and then that yeah. one they don't call. Right. Officiating's terrible of across course. all sports. I, right. I ranted on it. The Michigan-TCU yeah. game was a joke. The World Cup it, was flawed with terrible, terrible officiating. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if, if I didn't see, just I didn't see the mistakes terrible. in the, I, I mean, I saw that. What a, what a weekend of oh, college Saturday football. Was, but sensational! I didn't. Know. What, what what were there well, the, plays at the end there of the was Michigan? The, the, the targeting, the non-targeting oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah, clearly yeah. targeting yeah. at the end yeah. of that game. I heard you saying as well the rule the, in the in the NCAA about if a player's knee is down and he's not touched, he's still that. That's the dumbest rule in professional or in all of yeah, sports. Yeah, why it's college I, football? Explain it. I, there's no explanation there's none. for it. None. It's 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 well, very and, easy too. There's not why, a whole lot of that in the combination of one foot down versus two I know. on yeah. the sidelines, like. Really? Why is there such a stark difference? But the one about being down if with a knee down, without like, being that's touched. the terrible. dumbest rule in sports. It's terrible. Like, yes. really dumb. Yeah, it's goofy. I slipped. <laughs> so I'm down? What and then the I'm next down? play, Michigan turns the ball over at yeah. the whole line. What do you mean that's I'm the down? Game. I mean, they, the, By the way, that, I mean, that was a touchdown for the first play, too. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that wasn't even down with by so that's contact. He was I don't still know, in. replay screwed that up. The targeting thing was a big miss. Uh, Harbaugh going with his own version of the Philly special. Listen, I don't mind your diagram and trick plays. Sometimes the defense just beats you. They... Um, who did that game? Was Herbie on that game, or were they on the no, second? No, they game? were on the second. The George game, because I remember who was on the that was on game. McDonough and Blackledge. Correct. Black, yeah. So Blackledge did a nice job of documenting. Said, "Listen, the kid on TCU just didn't bite." Yeah, he said he, the kid on TCU saw it. He saw JJ McCarthy, and he did not get fooled. Yeah, because that pass was clearly mm-hmm. supposed to. They were expecting JJ to be able to walk into the end zone. So okay, you get turned away in there, and then you're in. They say no, and you turn it over on the next. That's the game, guys. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You're you're at the goal line twice. In the first half, with nothing, and you lose by six. Two pick Brutal. sixes. It was unbelievable. Wow, yeah, it really was. It was I mean, an it unbelievable. Was, those games have normally against... stunk, and they were Dude, both the sensational. Two, did you see the no, USC two lane? Well, I said to Black, I, I, first thing I said to him today, I go, "It's unfair what they did to you. That's no way to start your New Year because he loves USC." Yeah, that, I said, and he goes, "I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> I said, "That's a totally unfair." What your Trojans did yeah, to I mean, you? It was, it was brilliant. 
It was football. The college football was brilliant. It was a lot of fun for stuff. once. It was nice to have some yeah. competitive semifinals. It was very. It was very fun. All right, what's on the show, boys? All right, we're going to talk with Courtney Cronin coming up at three. As always, it's Tuesday, which means Barstool Big Cat joins the fun at four o'clock. We'll do Good Bad Dirty that, at four thirty. Make sure you know Yurko said it. Mm-hmm. Sylvie and Barstool have a nightmare scenario with the Packers. Here. I mean, See, like yes. it's a nightmare. Yes. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> with the two of them, yes. they, they do, but they don't. Sylvie may have one, but Barstool has always said, "Big Cat." He's always said his Super Bowl is when the Packers get eliminated in the playoffs. Oh, that's yeah. true. So that's this true. sets that's up. A good point. This sets because I know because I asked him last week about it. And he, this point. sets up a scenario where he has his uh, himself. He a still Super has Bowl. his Super yeah, Bowl. So right. he's more than happy to Touché. spin it that Poor way. Sylvie's L- right L- now. Listen, he's pacing up and down the beach in Mexico. I, Are they going to play Justin Fields and his Rodgers going to the, the no, I, I listened to a celebration of yes, yes. You did, Yurko. Yeah. You did, Yurko. Yes. I didn't hear things. I no. know what I heard. Yeah. You want to reserve yourself the yeah. right to maybe get yourself a little something later on is wrong. I'll replay that whole thing, yeah. and we can see what it exactly was. Listen, I was listening to a funeral. Yes. I don't know what anybody else was listening uh, to. It's brutal. Now, now, Miller made a good point, too, that that, that game, Detroit, may have uh, nothing to no, play for. Nothing the, to play for. N- the NFL botched that, which is weird because they don't usually do this. Well, what's the scenario put, that's better, though? The Jacksonville-Tennessee is oh, winning. Yeah, yeah. Why they put they? that game on Saturday. Yeah, and I'm not, on Saturday. But by flipping them, yes. that's still a winner in on Sunday yes. night. And if you put Detroit-Green Bay before Seattle plays— it makes now yeah, both yeah. teams need to play hard. Exactly. The NFL completely botched it. Because if did. Seattle wins, the outcome the Lions, is inconsequential. Yes, yeah, it's that's very true. I would say this real quick as well. I don't know what the Packers' destiny is this year, but anyone that's writing them off going forward, they've yeah. got an elite corner. They've got two really good linebackers. Kenny Clark is good. Preston yeah. Smith is good. They need to retool their offensive line a little bit. You've got two good running backs. I think the kid Romeo Dobbs can play. Watson can play. Watson, Watson, Watson can play. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to draft a tight end. They've got a tweak here, but yeah. like unless Aaron Rodgers completely forgets how to play, and he's at so some good. point, yeah, if he, his thumb heals up and he starts playing better next year, the that Packer team, there's a really good chance that in twenty this this year, no. like yeah. I, I thought this year really good. After Sunday, you're definitely more scared of the Packers than you are the Vikings going forward. Yeah, yeah, for the sure, fraud, yeah. the frauds. The Vikings my, are frauds. My Buffalo Green Bay Super Bowl that I predicted at the beginning it's of the still year, alive. Still, still alive, still theoretically alive, still alive and, and well. Kid. All right, there you go. Lots of fun stuff coming up. And on we'll see you guys tomorrow. All right, everybody boys. have a great afternoon. Waddle and Sylvia are next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvia are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Ringing in 2023 with my man Tom Waddle. Yes, happy New Year to you and everybody else out there. A merry New Year to you, my good friend. Did you have a good, merry New Year! Did you have a good uh, holiday? Uh, I did. I did. I enjoyed it. I did a lot of uh, hosting with some with Tyler Aki and a little bit with Deion Miller. So it was a good time, good way to spend last week. And uh, I'm in for Sylvie this week, who is vacationing away. I so, didn't do any work in the last 10 days. Did you enjoy Drank your time? Drank a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you family? That's, That's not event. true, Waddle. That's not true. What? You sent us an article one day. Yes. Uh, no, no, giving I, us uh, a little bit oh, of Bears insight. Yeah. So you were right. working. I, well, no, not really. We joked at uh, your expense, actually, that day because Tyler and I worked and we did crosstalk with Sylvie and Carmen. And Sylvie made the joke that you actually are doing more work 
on your day off sending us show content yes, than you do. True. Listen, I just don't like to get in, in, in front of the truck as it's rolling <laughs> down the street. That's you fair. know what I mean? Yes, I do. I when do. the truck's actually in park and it's sitting in a garage somewhere, I'm happy to, you know, to send you some. No, it was an article about how they... Uh, they predicted, they the, predicted Bears that winning. the Bears were going to beat the, the Lions and then go on and beat the Vikings. And I thought you guys would have a good old you know time we talking did. about that. We absolutely did. And actually, I don't know if... I don't know if that article seeped into my consciousness when I started thinking that the Bears had a chance to beat the Lions. or Prior just, to kickoff or yes. after the Bears took the opening drive into the about, end zone? No, how about both? Yeah. I thought for sure prior to kickoff they were going to be in a competitive game against the Lions. And then when they scored, I was like, ugh, this is going to ruin their draft position for another meaningless win on the, Ross, on the uh, record here. But fortunately, it didn't play out. So I was. It, it, it played out the way the previous eight games had. Well, I think it played out much worse. Well, yes, I mean the result, but yes. yeah, I thought that was the toughest watch of the season for sure. I, I said it earlier with the guys. I thought it was the first time this year, and you could probably correct me if there were moments earlier in the season, but the first time that I felt that they kind of let go of the rope collectively. I thought that's where, a, that's a yeah, good way to put it. I think that, like, despite their lack of talent or how they haven't matched up with other teams. Talent-wise, their effort has kept them in games or at least made their their performance somewhat respectable. And I didn't think that that, that same level of urgency or, or effort was on the... Now, listen, they're a shell of a team. They've lost a ton of players. Uh, you've lost your top corner. You've lost Vildor. You've lost your middle linebacker. Offensively, you've lost a, a series of linemen. You did have all your receivers back, but injuries... Outside have, of Mooney. Outside of Mooney, yes. Uh, but... But you you did have a a less than one hundred percent roster, but that hasn't deterred them from playing hard. And I thought, listen, I'm not I'm not sitting here. I, I, I find it very difficult to to look at someone and, and say, "Well, you weren't trying." But it just didn't feel like the sense of urgency existed yesterday that has existed in the past, especially on defense, where they were outmanned mm-hmm. and um, understaffed. And still found a way to play hard and make the other team sweat. And I, I didn't see that, especially in the second half yesterday. I think, too, especially in light of the way they had played the last two weeks against two of the better teams in the NFL, in the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills, who were both atop the conference coming into their game against the Bears, where it looked like the Bears had some real fight in both those games. Now, those both took place at Soldier Field, so I don't know if that factored in. And also, like, think about how... At the end of the day, when you play for three hours, you can hang with a team that's more talented to you for so long. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, usually the better team will pull away. We saw that with the Green Bay Packers. We saw that, with, like you said, with the Eagles and, and with the Bills. So yeah. that's kind of expected. But the pulling away started way too early. Yeah, yeah and against a team that doesn't have the same talent on their roster that some of the teams they just played. That also, though, does lead us to a conversation about the Bills and what happened last night in Cincinnati, which was horrific to watch. Uh, If you missed it, Roger Goodell sent this statement to all 32 NFL teams. During last night's game between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals, Bills safety DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field. DeMar experienced cardiac arrest and was promptly resuscitated by an on-site club physician and independent medical personnel, all of whom are highly trained in implementing the plans for medical emergencies. DeMar was stabilized and transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, a level one trauma trauma center where he remains in the ICU. After speaking with both teams and NFLPA leadership, 
I decided to postpone last night's game and have our focus remain on DeMar and his family. We are in regular contact with both clubs and with the medical team caring for DeMar and will share additional information as we receive it. A short time ago and after discussions with the two teams and the NFLPA, we advised Buffalo and Cincinnati that last night's game will not be resumed this week. No decision has been made regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date, and we have not announced any changes to this weekend's schedule. We will promptly advise all clubs of any decisions that are made regarding these matters. If you have any questions, in the meantime, please call or any of our senior staff. Yeah, I don't know what the, in terms of, of the game itself, I don't know, to be honest with you, I don't know what the right decision is. I don't I mean, think there's a right decision. Yeah, I, I don't know made. what, and I don't know what decision they will come to. I think that they all made the right decision last night. As I was saying earlier, look, it's, you're conditioned as, as a player to understand that there are certain risks that go along with that profession. Mm-hmm. You may sprain an ankle, you may pull a hamstring, you may tear an ACL, God forbid any of that stuff. You may separate a shoulder, you may even get a concussion. Um, those are risks that I think every player comes to term with. What happened last night to DeMar Hamlin is never something that you contemplate, or I would have never contemplated as a player. You keep that tucked away in the, the furthest part of your psyche. Because I think if you ever, if it ever comes into your mind that this next snap may be my last snap for a, 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 a variety of reasons... I think it would really affect your approach to playing the game, not just your performance, but your desire to be out there. I loved playing football. I knew there was an inherent risk. But I got to tell you, I never I never feared for my life at any point. Mm-hmm. Like again, I knew that there was there was, you know, orthopedic uh risks. I knew that there were some head trauma risks, which over the course of time like last night is an immediate emergency. I'm not I'm not belittling uh, what, what CTE and the other thing, I mean, that is something that happens over a period of time. It's not as immediate. It doesn't draw the same level of, of emotion from you that w- what we saw last night. But the issue that a lot of guys are dealing with because of this sport is something that is is on a lot of people's minds. These are all inherent risks and risks that you come to terms with when you decide this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But like I was saying, I don't think there is at any point do you ever approach the game and there's a sense of invincibility to a certain degree you have to have that sense i think to get you out there on the field and and to try to allow you to play without any fear that does affect the way that you play but at no time did i ever feel like my life was in danger maybe that's being arrogant maybe that's being dismissive whatever way you want to describe it. But I think that players compartmentalize a lot of this stuff, understanding A, there is inherent risk, but B, this risk isn't really a serious risk. And when it happens, that's why I thought that the only decision for last night's, you know, for them to do was is to not proceed with the game. Because again, there's a difference between watching one of your teammates or the opponents be taken off on a cart with a, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a knee that's been torn up or even to the extent that somebody goes off on a backboard and hopefully, as we've seen in the past, they do it in precautionary fashion. And hopefully you'll get the thumbs up or you'll get the acknowledgement from the player that they're, you know, we're doing this and we're being very cautious. But I do have movement in, in my extremities. And I think at that point, players do have the capacity in some ways to compartmentalize what they saw and get back to playing. It's an entirely different animal when 
you see a player having to be resuscitated and CPR is being administered. Like, there is a significant difference between what we saw last night and watching another one of your teammates be hauled off on a cart. So that's why I didn't think, you know, at, th- at this point, obviously, you know, DeMar Hamlin's health and his well-being is, is what's most important. But I thought that there was only really one decision last night, and that was is that the, you had to stop the game and, and you know, yeah, not no, proceed. And everything you just said there, I think, is well thought out. And as a former NFL player, you have experienced things. And I think you articulated it. Most people who are playing in the NFL at this level, you know there's some risk involved, but yeah. I don't think anybody is actually... You never entertain this thought. Not at all. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you... Like, the truth is, I don't think anybody who is in their 20s... Like, it's not even just playing yeah, in the right. NFL. Yeah. But let's be honest here. Like, the famous... Like, one of my favorite... Quotes always, you know, the problem with youth is it's wasted on the young. Like, like anybody who has the ability to go out there and play at that level, chances are they're living a life, you know, as athletes, what they're capable of physically. This, this doesn't even enter their, their, their mind, right? And maybe you see some of what some of the former players are experiencing. Like you mentioned, the, yeah. the, the CTE, how horrible it is, and you hear some of those stories. But the truth is, I don't think a lot of people who are playing in the NFL are really doing deep dives, right? They're not. If they are, and if they're truly introspective about it, they might forego an NFL career. I think back to Chris Borland. You remember him? Oh, yeah. The 49ers. 49ers linebacker. Yeah, he was drafted in the third round, played one season, then decided because in 2014, CTE was getting a lot of coverage in the media, and all of a sudden you were seeing it come to the forefront he decided it wasn't in his best interest to continue playing but i think most players who are capable of playing at the nfl level the rewards that come with being a professional athlete they're lucrative and it they're great right like you want to experience that and so i could see why a lot of guys let's let's be honest in your day-to-day you probably think okay hopefully i'm hoping the best plays out i don't want to think about the worst i think a lot of people lead their day-to-day lives like that yes yeah you have to in a lot of ways I think as a fan, too, like you see these players and, and like even now compared to when I was playing back in the late 80s, early 90s, the guys are so much bigger, faster and stronger. Like it is so amazing to see, you know, some of the the size, speed, athleticism components that exist with these great athletes that they're almost larger than life. So not only are the players themselves feeling invincible because of you know what they're capable of doing but fans at home you're used to seeing someone go off maybe with a knee injury you're used to seeing someone you know one of these guys leave with a nobody's used to thinking that these great athletes yeah are possibly susceptible to something that like what happened last night with demar hamlet like so i think the shock that exists it, it reverberates throughout, whether you're on the field as a player, a teammate, an opponent, or you're sitting at home on my like on my couch. I was sitting at home and I was like, oh, hell, this is not good. You saw the reaction that came from 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 Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and some of the other Bills players. And you're like, this isn't normal. This is not the way, you know, I've seen guys react to different injuries. This is not normal. So it, it, it ends up humanizing the athletes yeah. and who we I think when we are sitting at home watching they become superheroes, right? Like everything that goes into the marketing of the league. When you see Fox, a guy score a touchdown, he's a cartoon superhero. Yeah. Like, like it, right. it, it feeds into that, you know, that narrative and what we're experiencing. And so you never think of them oftentimes when you're watching the game 
as human beings. When reality who, presents itself, it can be quite shocking. Absolutely. 312-332-3776. It was a traumatic experience watching not just for the players on the field, but I think for a lot of people at home last night. To have Monday Night Football, yeah. a game suspended because of what happened on the field, it was traumatic. If you'd like to experience, uh, share your experience, we're here for you. I see Mike in Streamwood, who's a paramedic who wants to react to watching the craziness unfold last night. We're here for you on ESPN 1000. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. We're reacting to the events. In Cincinnati, last night between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals, of course, the horrific display watching DeMar Hamlin go into cardiac arrest on the field, needing to be resuscitated. Just a terrible thing to watch unfold on national television. And, of course, to see the reaction from players, which really, I think, you know, clued everybody in because the initial play, as it happened, the replay, as they went to it, you could not see DeMar Hamlin collapse initially. You did not see the, the – it wasn't until they actually took, I believe, commercial break, come back from break, and then show us the replay of him collapsing after getting up. And so it was a very disorienting display for anybody, I think, who was watching it last night. Yeah, and I mean, it was – you've seen collisions that were more violent and collisions that you thought were going to result in – you know, players being hurt. That wasn't one that I was really expecting a player to, you know, be injured from. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a very odd how everything transpired. And, and listen, we haven't been given the full evaluation or full, you know, explanation for what happened. We're still listening, you know, waiting to hear from, you know, whether it's the league, the family, or the hospital about, you know, where where he's at at this particular time in terms of recovery yeah, and his very, status. Yeah, very little specifics given, which is right now, I think, you know, um, unfortunate and, of course, leading, you know, to everybody, you know, unfortunate speculation, obviously, that's out there. Until we get some definitive word, there's no yeah. need to do that. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a bad thing to watch and unfortunate for a lot of people involved. Let's try Mike, who's in Streamwood. Mike, you're on Waddle and Sylvie Miller and for Sylvie today. What's up? Hey, guys. Great football. Talk. I know it's kind of a tough day to talk about it, but um, I'm I'm a paramedic, uh, firefighter paramedic, and what those guys did last night was truly impressive. Um, just from a you know thirty thousand foot view, you can see how well they worked and how well they uh, they combined their efforts to to bring him back. Um, you know, he did lose his life, um, and they were able to bring it back. And if there's one thing that that whole situation did, it's just the awareness that um, you know knowing how to do CPR and how to use an AED and, um, and doing it quickly and, and starting it within the first three minutes of, of any event like that truly does save lives. And if anything, just go out and, and honor him by taking that class or, or, um, you know, helping donate to that cause. So, um, you know, I was going to say, Mike, you know, the other thing is, is like, I I mean, the different reading that I've done since the, you know, the horrifying uh, experience from last night was uh, you you see that, you know, these types of events occur in, in, in like kids sports and youth sports a lot. And I think it's a great point that you make that there should be people that are prepared to handle situations like this if it's humanly possible. 
And every, you know, athletic organization, every athletic league in the suburbs, at least, I know of, um, in my town that I work in, like, that's a prerequisite for even able to being able to coach. Um, and I know that all these park districts with funding from the government um, are able to get these AEDs at these uh, athletic fields and are able to use those um, quickly and deploy them quickly and know how to use them. So um, great talk today. I really appreciate opening this uh, forum for people to kind of talk it out. Yep. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Mike. Appreciate the call. No, yeah. it's it's a great point. Like it might, you know, go ahead and take, you know, you know, I think it's I don't know if it's a two or four hour class about, you know, I know as a parent, generally oftentimes they will actually uh ask you to take a CPR course before, you know, you go ahead and uh your you know, your significant other either gives birth in my case or obviously so if you do give birth. So it's not a bad idea, of course, to learn potential life saving, you know, possibilities there. Uh it's a good it's a good note. Maybe something to think about if uh, you have a little bit of free time and you do find yourself yeah. at youth sports events. Not a bad idea. Let's try Mike, who is in Wheaton, a, a former physician. What's going on, Mike? Hi, guys. Yeah, I wanted to address the, uh, the speculation that's uh, that's running rampant and the assumptions that are being made. Uh, if I'm uh, told that there's a 24-year-old man that uh, had a collapse, the first two things I would be concerned about would be a congenital malformation of his heart or a congenital propensity to an irregular rhythm or drug use. Now, you throw in the fact that there was exertion, certainly that can, that can uh, involve uh, a, a risk, and uh, trauma to the chest can involve a risk. But we don't know yet. We're, even when we speculate that this had something to do with athleticism, that's not 100% given at this point. No, yeah, listen, Mike, I'm no doctor. I'm not making any assumptions. In fact, I'm I'm looking to hear what's the, you know, I, I know what we've learned is, is that he went into cardiac arrest. Why he went into cardiac arrest has not been yeah. determined or it has not been shared. We haven't gotten enough information yet. Yeah. And so we'll just give you the, what we have. Yeah. And until we get to that point, there's no, I don't think there's any reason to recklessly speculate. No. So we'll try and keep it on the up and up here and give you actual information and not worry about the rest of that until we actually have something substantial that we can share with you. 312-332-3776. I'm Jeff Mellor and for Sylvie and Waddle and Sylvie today. Up next, we will turn the attention to our bears and mm. check in with Courtney Cronin on ESPN Chicago.